0: Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. How are you all doing? I hope your week has gone well. And we are heading into the weekend here shortly. So, uh, as usual, um, let's let's have a great time. Let's have a great weekend. Who's ready for a good weekend? I know a lot of. Yeah, see, there we go. Getting some hands up uh, for the weekend. So one more day. Uh, it's Friday uh, tomorrow, and then uh, we get to come in and we have. Uh, our last week of ministry fair, uh, ministry fair has been fun. Uh, we've seen a, a lot of people just diving into those assessments and really getting to learn. And and so... Um Uh, If you haven't gotten the opportunity to or um, you haven't done those yet, I highly encourage you to. It's just a great way to really kind of understand yourselves, um, understand what makes you tick a little bit. If you haven't done those before, Uh, they're great for even um, just not only that, but uh, I've been in other workplaces and stuff and we've done things similarly. And it it really kind of helps out with the team uh, as well. And so those are great tools, not only for ministry and church and everything but just uh, life in general um definitely love, the love language test is uh, is great uh married couples um right there and helping each other out so uh so many good things uh out of that um but jumping on a team and all that other good stuff there's so many good things out of that you know i was talking with a good friend um uh here at church and that we uh we've become like pretty much best friends um and we really kind of said would we have been best friends if we weren't serving at church together and and honestly we kind of looked at each other and said probably not probably not like i probably wouldn't have some of the close deep relationships with certain people uh that i have in my life right now that have been ridiculously re- uh, enriching um supportive and everything else in my life without having uh, been intricately serving on a team. Um, Connect groups are great, but serving on a team, it's another, it's another form of battle, right? It's another form of coming together and being a part of something bigger than ourselves uh, and doing that with other brothers and sisters. Um, You know, I've said it before uh, you know, it's, it's about the people to the left and right of you. Um, it rings true with the military and it rings true with who we serve with, who we, uh, who we do life next to each other, uh, with, and, uh, and it's been amazing. So, uh, I can't, and it's just, it's no lie, right? It just, it is what it is. Uh, its what its it has been amazing. So I encourage that for everyone, uh, to dive in that, but let's dive into the word. Let's pray and then see what God has for us. We are in numbers 23, Uh, Numbers 23, we're going through the story of uh, Balaam here, Um, and I'll do a little recap of 22, kind of where everything fits. Um, We're going to look at Balaam as a character quite a bit, Uh, and there's some ups and downs with him, Um, but we're going to definitely kind of dive into all of that. Uh, So let's pray and let's see what God has for us this morning. Uh, Lord, we just uh, we come to you um, with our hearts and our minds and our eyes wide open. Please uh, show us, lead us, guide us, um, teach us, teach even myself, Lord, as I surrender myself to you. That this be Your word and not my own, uh, Lord. We just come to hear a fresh word from You. Uh, give us something either that we need today or we need going forward, no matter what in our lives. Maybe it's a new principle or a lesson that we need to learn uh, individually. Uh, Or as a collective as a church. Lord, we just pray and we want to hear from you this morning. We pray and welcome your spirit to be with us and fill us up as we go about our day. Uh, And may we also uh, just be a witness to you, to others that we interact with today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. All right. Um, If you got some coffee, tea,
1: whatever, get a good sip of that and then we're going to dive into the word. Chapter 23 um
0: right here as a uh, reading out of the new living translation then Balaam said to uh King Balak build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice uh, Balak uh, followed his instructions and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and ram on each altar then Balaam said to Balaam, stand here and buy your burnt offerings, and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam uh, went alone to the top uh, of a bare hill, and um, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and ram on each altar. The Lord, um, give Balaam a message for King Balak." Then he said, go back to Bullock and give him my message. Right, that's the Lord speaking. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. Uh, this was the message Balaam delivered. Bullock, summon <clears throat> summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab uh, brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the cliff uh, tops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth? Of Israel's people, let me die like the righteous. Let my life end like theirs. Then King Balak demand uh, demanded of Balaam, "What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them." But Balaam written uh, replied, "I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth." Balaam's second message, verse thirteen. Uh, Then King uh, Balak told him, come to me to another place. There you will see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Curse at least that many. So Balak uh, took Balaam to the plateau of Zophum uh, on Peshka Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to the king, stand there by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. And the Lord met Balaam and gave him a message. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man. He does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He has never spoken and failed to act. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I receive a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord, their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. Uh, For them, he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now, it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. These people will rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughter. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine, but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. But Balaam replied to Balak, Didn't I tell you that I can only, uh, that I can do only what the Lord tells me. Then King Balak said to Balaam, come, I will take you to one more place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak uh, took Balaam to the top of Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, build me seven altars and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam offered and offering a young bull and a ram on each altar. And that ends verse or uh, chapter 23, the word of the Lord. All right, a little cliffhanger as we jump into 24 tomorrow. Uh, I might give a few spoilers in here uh, as that goes if you haven't read this before. Um, so Balaam's an interesting character as we look at this, uh, even in um, go back a chapter into 22, um, we see like Balaam just kind of, uh, he, he just comes out of nowhere. So he's not part of Israel, right? He's, uh, he lives and resides in that area, um, uh, the Canaanite and Moab uh, area. Uh, and so uh, King Balak uh, comes to Balaam. Balaam is known as a seer, uh, basically somebody that can kind of uh, understand the spiritual realm uh, in general. Um, there's actually historical evidence, uh, for him, uh, for Balaam as a character himself. Um, I mean, uh, they had, there was an archeological discovery, uh, back in, where was it? Uh, it was back in Jordan and dear Allah, uh, that's spelled D E I R and then A L L A as, uh, in Uh, It's in a Jordanian town about eight kilometers east of the Jordan River. In 1967, they found uh, basically this writing on the wall, this painting with a a story inscription, um, and it talks about, uh, actually, I guess there was a book about, written a little bit more about Balaam himself back then, uh, The Misfortunes of the Book of Balaam, Son of Beor. Specifically, the title that we see here in the Hebrew Bible, as well uh, in the Old Testament, here in Numbers, uh, the divine seer uh, was he. The gods came to him at night, uh, and so he has already he had a reputation as a person. Uh, this is even outside of the Bible they have uh, evidence of uh, Balaam as a real person, um, which used to be a uh, you know one of those questions of the Bible: Is this a real character, or is this more of a moral story to? to just kind of, um, point at a moral principle. Um, but no, he is a real character. He's, you know, they have other, um, archeological evidences that he was a real person. So, um, quite interesting. Um, uh, divine Siri was, you know, and they said, uh, misfortunes, uh, of him. And so we'll, Uh, There's some other things about him that may that kind of come out. And at first it looks like Balaam's like a solid character at first. You're thinking, well, he just he does what God says. And but he's trying to like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, bro. I just I can't do anything that God doesn't let me do. Um, We see this over and over. Um, But really, like you would think that, hey, after the first time, and God says, "Look, I'm sorry, but these people are blessed. You're not going to curse them." And Balak says, "I'm not going to do this." He keeps going with Balak. He, Balaam keeps moving with the king from hilltop to hilltop, keep trying to appease God through these um, sacrifices. And all right, guys, how about how about over here? How how about this again? Can can you know? And There's kind of this as you see this over and over in all reality. Balaam himself, uh, he kind of wants the riches, he wants like what is being offered and enticing, uh, to him of what King Balak is trying to give him. Uh, quite a bit of a, a richly reward. Um, it's it's an it's a back and forth that face value we see that Balaam just looks like hey he's just a he's a good prophet uh seems to be a guy that uh, is following God and but you know Balak's trying to use him uh, for his own purposes and uh really there's some there's some oddities to that uh Balaam is actually referenced in um in Revelation uh, Revelation 214 and this is where ultimately, Uh, We see in pointing back that Balaam, the heart of Balaam is actually not good. Uh, Revelation 2.14, but I um, have a few things against you because you there, those who uh, hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. And that will point to um, what happens? At, uh, actually, it happens in um, chapter twenty-five. So, well, that is actually on Saturday for you guys to read, and we see that Balaam's not able to curse. He he doesn't curse in, uh, the nation of Israel. Um, he probably could have, right? God just says, "Don't do it," and Balaam does what God says, but he. He probably could have turned around and just said, No, God. I mean, I'm gonna do what I want to do and uh you know, smite me if you want, because uh I want them I want the money. But he doesn't. And so there's a level of he's a, he's an interesting character to study with. He's an you know, he ultimately there is this mindset that he wants this. Um, what's being offered? He wants this money. It's like, man, I'm waving a million-dollar check in front of your face. Why won't you curse this? But man, he has he has this um connection and this ability to have a, a divine relationship with the Lord to hear directly for uh from God uh to other people, and so there's a couple of theological principles that we, we can pull from this. Um, interesting story is that one of them is the gifts of God are irrevocable. The gifts of God are irrevocable. And I'm sure that sometimes even in church, and this is where sometimes church hurt comes from, is that you may see somebody that, honest to God, has some divine spiritual gifts that have, the Lord has given them, but the some of these people still do things or have said things that maybe we didn't like or have hurt us, but they still held on to a a wildly uh, amazing and deeply spiritual gift. Maybe it's speaking in tongues and you know, like, hey, this is no faking it. This guy's genuinely speaking in tongues deeply, has a deep, intimate connection with the Lord. However, they have have an, an affair in their life or something, or they fall short. Uh, or they, you know what, they're just not, um, they're not as a part of the church or whatever the whole uh, kit and caboodle is in their life. We see that God's gifts are irrevocable. There's whatever God is doing, why these people have some gifts, but yet they're not uh, these super devout pastors or something. And then we have super devout pastors that of course have great gifts as well. It's just God gives gifts freely. The, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. And you know what? There's a level that sometimes, and we don't understand it. And this is why we are human and God is God. And ultimately the bigger scheme that we can't even fully fathom of why God does what he does and how he works in mysteries. Um, but he does. And ultimately it's for good. And this is where this is where faith jumps in. This is where uh, ultimately there's, you know, we see that Balaam is kind of like a, uh, uh, at this point, we're like not really sure. Like, what is this guy? Like, okay, he's not gifting or he's not, uh, he's using his gift, but he's not cursing them as he's being tempted and almost paid off to do. But man, he keeps trying though. He keeps allowing, he goes with Balak hilltop to hilltop sacrificing uh more animals to god to try to you know make god say hey can i can i twist your arm a little bit here can can i can i get this so you know so i can get paid off no no and we see what god's coming out and there's some good theological truths of what balaam um, puts out because it's what god's words are and he's just the messenger You know, and so there's some good things for us to take away in hearing these blessings. Where, um, So like one of them, the second message, this is uh, 18 through 24. And I love this. Like, listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed. I cannot reverse it. So I want you to take this to heart. If you've been blessed by God, it cannot be reversed. God's blessings are yes and amen. They're not maybe, they're not, well, what if, they're, they are yes and amen.
1: His promises and his blessings are irreversible. All right? That is, you can take that to the bank for you. You can take that to the bank for you.
0: We see that it's, you know, he's going through and talking about the nation of Israel and the promise of what is for them. Uh, no misfortune is in the plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. Um, ultimately, in the large picture, that is very true. But of course, we see every once in a while Israel messes up and a few people get a little bit of judgment. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, Israel is preserved and protected for thousands of years and still even today. And still even today. The, I mean, it's one of those. Um, mysteries of history, if you will, of ultimately, we see similar uh, instances in other nations or tribes that are no longer on the face of this Earth, where many enemies surrounding uh, a certain uh group of people and have wiped them out over time in history. This should have been the fate of Israel, but because of God, they are still here. Because of God's promises, because of the irreversible blessing and protection of the Lord. And that is also passed on to us as Christians. Through the blood of Jesus, through his death and resurrection, through our faith in Christ through our following and his lordship and us verbally saying yes and amen to God, to Jesus himself. We are grafted in, as most of us on this call are Gentiles. We are grafted into the nation of
1: Israel. We are part of that promise. We are part of that promise. And so there's some good stuff we can
0: take uh, from what he is saying here for us to look at as Christians today because of our grafting in. We see that um, one of the things that, uh, here's one of the issues with, with Balaam. Um, we looked at Balak, and this is also why these sacrifices had, had no, there's two things on these sacrifices on why none of these had any anything to do with God. Like God was just like, I don't know what you're doing. You're just killing animals to kill animals right now. Because they did two things. One, they're doing it with the heart of thinking God is a genie They're doing it with the heart. So God doesn't care about your sacrifice if the heart behind the sacrifice is garbage is uh, I'm doing this so God so you could bless me or you could tell do me, do tell me what I want to hear. What do I want to hear? I want to hear that you're going to bless me with a million dollars. So I'm going to do this so that it's not a genie bottle thing. It's not a, Hey, I'm going to keep doing this. So you, you should, you should let me curse the people of Israel. You should um, conquer my enemies. You should do all these things for me because I'm doing X, Y, Z. This isn't a, tit for tat. This isn't a rub the bottle the right way and the genie pops out and you get three wishes. This is not how God operates. The other part of here is that they're doing this in an unholy manner. The first hilltop, uh, if you go back into in chapter 22 and verse 41, the next morning Balak took Balaam up to the uh, um, Bamoth Baal. All right, this is a hilltop specifically for idol worship to the worship of Baal. So he's like, I'm going to go to a place where sinful, wicked, idol worship is done to a different God. But now I'm going to sacrifice idols to the God of Israel. So hopefully he'll let me do what I want to do. And we see that we're—he's taking an unholy place, an already defiled location as well. And so, this isn't going to. None of this is pleasing to God. None of this is like, all right, you're you're after my heart. No, you're after your own heart. And there's a level for all of us: is that are we presenting sacrifice in our lives for
1: our own heart, or to honestly seek God's heart? Are we honestly looking for God's heart in a situation or our own heart? What is it that we're seeking?
0: Are we laying down our own preferences? Are we laying down our own wants? And here's a clear story of Balak not caring about God's heart. Because honestly, Balak should have heard the first message and been done and said, these are a blessed people. You know what I should do? I should have a banquet for these people. I should love on them. I should do an outreach to them. I should be taking care of them. I should be welcoming them into my land. I should be sharing my cattle and my crops. We could be neighbors and be partners, and this could we could have a mutual relationship. We could be good to go. I could love on God's people right now. But what does he do? He's scared to death. He goes, they're going to take all my stuff. They're going to eat all my food and they're going to take all my women and they're going to just, they're going to kill us. They're going to get rid of us. And this isn't good. And they're just scared instead of saying, you know what? I could learn from these people. God has clearly blessed them. God is clearly with them. So you know what? Maybe I need to recheck myself up from the neck up and go, there's something about them I should learn. But he doesn't do that. He's so inspiteful and rape. He's willing to give up so much money for what his heart, heart wants. That's what Balak is going after. Like, I'll give this prophet over here, Balaam, that has the spiritual gift. I'll give him all the money in the world, as much as I can,
1: because my heart is so hard with my own desire to get rid of these people. Why couldn't he have turned around and said, wow, these are blessed people.
0: I probably should be good friends with them. I probably should be taking care of them. I probably should be, well, they're just intense and sitting out in the middle of nowhere. Even though it is kind of my property. I,
1: I, should, I should probably do something nice. Maybe we'll do a peanut butter and jelly ministry for them. Something. But no. He doesn't. He continues with his hard heart, hilltop after
0: hilltop, sacrifice after sacrifice, enticing Balaam
1: to try to get God to be a genie in the bottle. That's ultimately what's going on. And Balaam's going along with it. um,
0: And that's the annoying part. That's really the annoying part. as much as Balaam's doing the right thing by saying, I can only speak what God says and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your money and do something different, which he still has free will as well. so he probably could have, but he sticks to his guns there. He has at least that level of courage. And we talked about that yesterday during worship and prayers, like, Lord, may we have that same courage at least to say, you know what, no matter what you say, Lord, we will stand by it. We will do as you say. And that that's a level, you know, it's like, man, I want to have that kind of courage, no matter what is being, what kind of million or billion dollar check waved in front of my face. May I, no matter what the enticing offer is, may I do what
1: you say only. That's the good thing about Balaam But that
0: secret sin of Balaam is that he's really greedy and actually still wants this money. So he keeps trying and
1: trying and trying because he wants Balak's uh, money. But he t- this is kind of that weird conundrum
0: with Balaam where he turns around. he still he goes,, oh, dang it. Well, I didn't get the answer I wanted. Third time's a charm. nope, didn't didn't happen. We'll get into the third time and tomorrow with 24, but it's it's this over and over. And it's so it's this ultimate thing of are we treating God as a genie? Or are we truly seeking his heart? And are we willing to change our own to match him? Ultimately, in the New Testament context, are we trying to be more like Jesus? Or are we trying to fit Jesus into our own perception?
1: That's ultimately the question. And trust me, even me, even others in this church,
0: even all of us, no matter who you are, as humans, we are continually part of the sanctification process in our lives to match our heart like Jesus. And no matter what, all of us have something in our heart that is like, it's not really there yet. It's still molding. It's still moving. And so if there's something in your heart today and it's convicting you, don't feel bad about that. Because I want you to know that if the Lord is convicting you, it's because you're one of his children. If the Lord is working on your heart, if the Lord is doing something in your life, even if it feels hard, if it feels uncomfortable, if it feels different and you're just like, ah, I have to wrestle with this idea. I have to wrestle with this thought process. I have to wrestle with my attitude. I have to wrestle with my wants versus what God wants in my life. I have to wrestle with these things, but I I feel God's conviction. I feel God's purpose dragging me in a different direction. I feel God in my life, Uh, And and I keep getting these messages and I keep getting told these different things and and I'm wrestling with
1: it. Guess what? God considers you one of his children if that's happened. He chastised those who he loves. He chastised his children. He
0: wants to continue to grow you, to mold you and, and to make you better. That sanctification process until the end of our day that is
1: the constant renewal of understanding that you are one of his and you are saved. And so if any of those kind of things are going on,
0: always have that in the back of your mind. That God is in my life.
1: He loves me and cares for me. And he is for me. Because if you don't have any of that, If none of that
0: is happening in your life, if God is not part of uh, the mix in your heart and in your mind and trying to renew your mind and working through you and he's not convicting
1: you. That's kind of a test. Then are you having a relationship with Jesus? Do you honestly know him as Lord and Savior? That's a test. Of your heart. And so ultimately, here
0: for us to go forward today, for us to take something with us, and no matter uh what it is going on, first off, I want you to be encouraged that if you are being convicted of anything, if there is something that God continuously works with you on, and all of us have it, even myself, that is a reassurance today that you are a child of God. And that he loves you,
1: that he cares for you, and that he's with you, and he's for you. And so, may we take that reassurance
0: today. May we walk with that and remind ourselves that God is with us, God loves us, and he is for us, no matter what.
1: Let's honestly seek his heart over our own, and let's seek his will over our own. And let's pray.
0: Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you for um, this interesting story of Balaam and, and uh and Bella, and the, these two um, interaction with each other and, and you and, and the history and just being able to see uh, some some theological truths about you, Lord, some understanding of who you are in a deeper level and knowing that Uh, You're not man. You don't change your mind. You are perfect. Your promises are yes and amen. Uh, Your blessings are irrevocable. So, Lord, we thank you for the blessings that we have in our lives that are irrevocable because of you. Lord, may we seek your heart and not our own. May we die to our own flesh. And may you renew our minds every day as we spend time with you, as we pray to you, as we worship you, as we come to worship you collectively on Sunday, and as we spend time with you uh, deeply each day, Lord, we just thank you for the renewing of our mind closer and deeper towards you. Continue to uh, hold us tight and reaffirm us in our minds that you are there, you love us, and you are for us so that we can praise you We can give you all the glory that you are deserving of. We love you and we thank you and we praise you. And uh, we pray all this in your mighty son's name. Amen and amen. You'll have a great Thursday. God bless.
1: Take care and we'll see you on Sunday. It's going to be a great one. See you all then.